Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Managing in a Matrix Organization, Part 2 of 2. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back. Today we finish up our conversation on matrix organizations. This is where we get to the meat of the show. You now know why they exist and perhaps why they shouldn't. Today we talk about what you do to be effective in one. Here we go. What do you say we get on to the detailed recommendations? You read my mind. <laughs> okay. So we've got eight of them, and they are, again, it's all about relationships. You've got to develop relationships with anyone who affects your work. You've got to, we recommend you use our organizational influence tool to, to help you with those relationships. Um, you definitely want to create one-on-ones or something like their equivalent within your matrix, within your part of the organization. You've got to over-report, and over-reporting is a form of communication, right? There we go with communication. You've got to over-report to key relationships. And, and let me just say right here, folks, we know that it's na- not natural for you to do some of this stuff, and that's why it's our recommendation. You can overcome the naturalness. It's the beauty of being a human and having free will. If everyone behave, everyone is capable of behaving the way a matrix wants them to, it's just that we don't. Um, what, what is the quote that I love so much? My favorite leadership quote, the, the men in the blocks are tired and slow and they straggle after ripe blackberries, right? People just don't do things according to what they're supposed to do. They do what they want to do. If everybody did what they were supposed to do all the time, there would be no need for bosses. Um, uh, so, okay, that's for, uh, over-report is fourth. F- number five is meetings and presentations take on enormous significance and you've got to go and you've got to be good at them. And we'll talk about that. You've got to, and related to that, you've got to pre-wire everything. And our last two are, you've got to make heads up calls to, to whenever you can uh, to invest in your relationships. Um, and you've, you've got to avoid surprising people and dropping dimes on them, particularly in meetings. Good. Okay. So developing relationships is first. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Here we, we, we spend so much time talking about matrix and then we come right back to relationships that uh, people are going to say, wow, is that all they know about? If it were, that would be sufficient. So yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be great. Um, somebody's getting sick of this, though. You know it. Um, okay, let's do a brief review. It's it's well well intentioned, well worth it. We think there are three forms of power or influence in organizations. Whether you're in a matrix or a vertical organization doesn't matter. The first is role power, that which the organization grants you to basically compel others to act in the organization when they're not doing what the organization wants them to do and the organization has agreed to pay them a salary to do it. When, In other words, the reason managers exist is to compel the, 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 the compliance to a, an employment contract that exists, that, that's an unstated one in many cases. So that's role power. You, you, can, you can hire people and fire people and, and you're given authority to tell them what to do. And if they don't do what you say, you can punish them. Um, then there's relationship power, which is your own ability to change behaviors of others because of their knowledge and trust of you. And then lastly, there's expertise power, which is others' perception, perception now, of your technical or your industrial or your topical knowledge 
that causes them to follow your guidance. It, in other words, again, going back to influence, it doesn't matter if you're smart. It matters whether other people believe you're smart enough that they will follow what you recommend because they believe you have a better recommendation than they themselves would have. Okay, th- those are the only three ways to make stuff happen in organizations. And, and maybe another way of thinking about this is that either you're somebody's boss or you're somebody's friend or they think you're smarter than they are. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to. But look, in a matrix, <laughs> there's a lot less role power, right? That's what the, the matrix exists to attenuate power in part, right? And because expertise in a matrix is so often kept in one organization, only the truly very best experts are granted special respect for their knowledge. Look, if you're a software engineer and you're out among business people, you're going to be thought of as smarter than them. Even if it's just incrementally, it's all you need. You're going to be thought of as smarter than them on software design. You're going to have more influence on that part of the process in the business. But if all the software engineers are in one place, what we tend to do is is focus on the top 10 who are really smart. In fact, for the people who are not that smart it, it, uh, uh, or not that effective in their role, a matrix actually demotes their technical, their expertise power. Right. Yeah, and so, okay, so the you don't have a lot of role power because we've attenuated that. That's the whole purpose right. of the matrix organization. Um, you don't, expertise power is downplayed. Right. And, and even if it wasn't, um, to, to develop more, expertise yes. power takes a lot of time. And so right. what's left then really is relationships. And every right. matrix org model says the same thing. The organization relies on robust communication in multiple channels, multiple forms, on and on and on. Right, it's right. all about communication. Yeah. And in organizations, the primary facilitator of non-purely vertical communication, in other words, between you and your boss, the primary facilitator of most communication is relationships. When we have to talk across the organization, we talk to our friends, our friends first, if we can. And even if we don't talk to them first, we tend to be most effective in terms of getting our point across if we're talking with our friends. Or if you don't want to call them friends, those with whom you have some sort of relationship or history of of some sort. What does this mean? It means that in a matrix org, we recommend making relationship creation and maintenance into a manageable, measurable, ongoing project with recurring tasks. We recommend you identify who the key people are whom you think will have an impact on your work and work to improve your relationship with each one of them over time. Good. So, so how do we identify who those people are? Yeah, it, it, oh, good good question. It depends a great deal on your type of matrix. Some are some are very strong and some are weaker matrix orgs. Um, but but here's a good general rule. Start with your boss and your peers. And by peers here, we mean those people whom your boss also writes the review of. We're not talking about all the peers in, in the entire organization. Okay. And, and this is true whether you're on the resource side of an org structure, the matrix structure, or you're on the functional side. Um, we, we, we really do say this one out loud because too many people see matrix and think, okay, I got to go, no, got to go. No, I, I got to learn or get to know everybody everywhere else in the organization. And they end up ha- creating a donut where they don't have a good relationship with their boss and with their peers. Um, 
and, and you know, the, the motivation is good. Cross-organizational relationships are more valuable in a matrix, all things being equal, than in a vertical organization. And we're going to talk about them. But we don't want to abandon that family right close to us. Your boss and peers, your boss and peers, your boss and peers. Okay. Who else? Um, let's, let's call them project teammates. Um, whatever you're working on, yes, even if you're on two or three or five projects, You'll be more effective if you work a little bit on your relationship with people who are on the project along with you. We're also going to include in that project bosses. Okay. Um, uh, so in other words, if you if you're working on a, a uh, if if I if I report to you, Mike, but but um, in the matrix, I report to Maggie on a given project, then I'm going to reach out to her as well. She's one of the relationships. Obviously, I'm going to work on. Um, and it, it, if your project teammates can delegate some of their work to their directs, then we add their directs to the list, at least the ones that, that are getting delegations for projects you're working on. Now, this list may not end up being trivial for some people. I mean, it might have 30 people or more on it. Yeah, it might. And now everybody's starting going, well, maybe I don't like a matrix so much. <laughs> <laughs> But on the other hand, look, we're not anywhere near the rule of 150 yet, right? We're not. 30 is no big deal. Um, if you want to have a great career in a matrix organization, you have to be willing to create relationships. You better get good at it. I'm sorry, but you better. You being smarter or you having more power is not easily going to happen in a matrix. Um, look, we'll give you some help in our next point, but but you... you if you worry about role power, if you worry about expertise in a matrix, it's a bit like saying, well, the best way for me to get promoted is to dress right every day. We're not saying dressing right will hurt you. We're saying it's the wrong place to put your emphasis. Right. Okay. So let me ask you the question that many, if not most of the folks are asking right now, how, how do I go about creating these relationships? Uh, I thought everybody knew how to do that. Um, that can't be. Well, I mean, well, well, humor me. So I don't. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll pretend. Look, we've talked about that before. Obviously, um, we have a cast building your network. Where we talk about some of that, but but nonetheless, let's run down some of the basic things. And the, 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 these come from me working with executives on their relationships. When people, when 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 fairly senior managers get promoted into a junior executive role, and they suddenly learn that they feel like they're in a matrix at the top because all power tends to be attenuated in the in terms of your ability to get things done. Um, they go, "Oh my gosh, I'm suddenly less effective. I I, I feel weak." Yeah, that's because they don't have good relationships. When I coach them here, these are um, uh, some of the things that I recommend. And many of them have their own casts, and we encourage you, uh, encourage you to go back to those casts because it's a bit like all of this stuff is about management, and so we've already talked about much of it. Right, kind of like, yeah. Kinda. Yeah, kind of maybe. Okay, number one, learn how to shake hands and then shake hands with people. And that includes looking them in the eye and saying your name and them saying your name, right? Number two, introduce yourself. The, look, if you just shake hands and introduce yourself, you will kick everybody else's butt in a matrix organization when it comes to relationships, right? Remember our first cast, Mike, three years ago, three, I think close to three years ago, we, we said, you know, the solution to a stalled technical career, gee whiz, pick your head up off the table and shake hands with the people in marketing. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
If you, if you, if you forget somebody's name, apologize and ask for their name again, introduce people to each other. And again, all these topics so far have been covered in other casts. Sit next to people you don't know at meetings. Ask about them personally, their family, their school, their home, their background, other projects they're on, people you hate that they work with. I don't know. Stay in touch with them by creating tasks to manage your relationships. The old Outlook joke, control shift K and then control G. And finally, when other people in the matrix ask for help, make your first thought yes rather than no. Rather than figuring out why you don't have time, assume that you do, and then if you must, work backward to a no. But it better be a pretty compelling reason why you would turn down a favor, because one of the unofficial coins of the realm of Matrix organization is favors. Yeah. Good. Well, those all seem pretty doable. I mean, no voodoo magic stuff in there, I don't think. Right, right. so, So, okay, so let's give them a sense of our organizational influence tool that you referenced earlier. Yeah, it's it's really pretty easy. Uh, depending upon, I guess, when this cast comes out, um, it, it may not be out yet. But but here's how it works: it's a web tool that allows you to enter the name of anybody you want to have a professional relationship with. It'll ask you a series of simple questions, things like, "Do you know the names of their children?" Um, and it's designed to assess two factors: the importance of their relationship to your success, and the strength of that relationship. And basically it's, well, obviously it's going to assess risk based on how many relationships you're tracking. Um, It's going to make recommendations about whom you should spend your time with. Um, Future versions at some point will include disc functionality, allowing you to enter somebody's disc profile or at least assess it. That sounds good, right? Um, and get back more specific recommendations on how to improve your relationship with them. There are some people right now in our audience that say, I really don't need that because I think I've got the disc model down. I know who it is I want to have a relationship with. I think I can figure out whether my relationship with them is strong, medium, or weak, and and how important they are based on what I've seen their behavior to be. And I can multiply those two things together, get a score, and then say, okay, here's the people I need to spend the most time with, and here's what I need to be doing and talking to them about when I spend that time with them. That's really what the tool is designed to help with. It's designed to be a support mechanism. Excellent. Just another one of those manager tools designed to support our daily managerial yeah. lives that have become right. so complex. Okay, so so what about creating one-on-ones or their, or their equivalent with the matrix? How does that work? Yeah, um, well, let's be clear. A pure one-on-one can only really be controlled by you with your directs. If, if we're if we're recommending one-on-ones to somebody, the only ones we know that you can start, the, the true one-on-one is you with your directs. But but you you can create the semblance of one because let's remember the purpose of one-on-ones is to encourage relationships through regular communication. I cannot imagine a more perfectly suited tool for the concept of a matrix organization than a one-on-one. And now, we recommend it then that for key members of your matrix peer group and for your matrix boss, you can't you because they're not directs of yours, you can't create a one-on-one, but you can create the semblance of one by suggesting a weekly meeting designed to update each other on status, projects, people, and so on. 
Yeah, now, to be clear, though, we're not suggesting that you go and ask for a one-on-one with your matrix box. No. Right? You, you just tell, tell her, hey, I have an update for you. Won't take more than 15 minutes. I'll go over some key issues, tell you where I am, and then I have a few questions if you don't mind. Yeah. Right? It's, exactly. It's not, On your hey, calendar. Yeah. It's not, it's not hey, can, I, can, can we schedule a one-on-one? You wouldn't yeah, have to do that. Yeah. Right. They'll go, no, sorry. Yeah. Too busy. Don't think that you're doing those is helping. So, no, I don't want you to do it. Yeah. You schedule... 30 minutes on your calendar, even though you only use 15 of hers, and hopefully your boss catches on to the value and starts doing the same right back at you after you uh, share with them, they return and share with you. Um, And look, if not, you know, you you don't control anybody, but look, you're doing your part. You're over-communicating within the matrix to someone who's not your direct boss. Um, If you're thinking that this kind of communication, folks, increases your risk, you are totally correct. And if you then say to yourself, okay, therefore, I'm not going to share because if everybody else is not sharing, how does me sharing help? Well, it helps theoretically, but it also increases your risk because more people are going to know what you're doing and therefore not doing. Because if you're reporting, you're reporting not just on the things you've done well, but the things you've done poorly. So, but but so if you choose not to do this, if you don't share, then you, sir, or you, ma'am, are the reasons that matrix organizations fail, and all you do is prove us right. right. And that is a shame. Yeah. And we probably need to be a little bit more clear, though, about one-on-ones with matrix directs. To be clear, we recommend full one-on-ones for those who are matrix to you. Right. If you're someone's matrix boss on a project, then yes, yes, yes. We recommend you sit down with them for a half an hour a week, every week. Use the form, keep notes, etc. It is right. a one-on-one for your for the directs that you provide an annual review to. Of course, you're going to do one-on-ones, even if they're matrix out to other people. And in a matrix organization, it makes communication harder. You, you, we recommend that you do one-on-ones with those people who are matrix to you on a project. Their line boss may say, I don't think he has time or I don't know that he wants to do that. And you say, you know what? He works with me on this. I've got to keep posted on things. Everybody agrees around here that there's always problems with status. There's always problems with communication. This tool works. I know it. I've used it for years. It's a no-brainer. Um, and, and and let me also say one more thing. It, it, full disclosure, if you don't know what we mean by one-on-ones when we're saying it, that's okay. You just need to go back to our basics cast and learn there about one-on-ones. We've got several casts about one-on-ones. They are the bedrock, one of the the bedrock, if not, they are the bedrock principle of manager tools that more communicate. It's all about people and more communication is better. So, yeah. so we're not going to teach you everything you need to know about one-on-ones here. And we apologize for that, but this cast is already going to be a monster. Um, so, um, so there are other casts designed to teach that uh, concept in excruciating detail. Right. And we could do a whole cast on the matrix one-on-one. Oh yeah, and, that's uh, right. And I'm sure we will. So yep. we'll yep. get to that at some point. Right. So, okay. So what about the next point? What about over-reporting to key relationships? Yeah, I, I think this is, I think most people will get this easily enough. Um, and, and frankly, I think some people who are listening could probably deliver this part of the show. Communication is the coin of the realm in matrix organizations. Everybody wants to know what everybody else is doing. Many, many, many folks today think that they're the only clever fellow who has figured out that if they knew what everyone else was doing, 
where, while at the same time they didn't let on what they themselves were doing, they could keep themselves in pretty good shape, kind of like a little <laughs> yeah. Intel operation. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's been tried a billion times. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody hates that guy. Yeah, he might as well have a sign in his forehead that says, I'm a target, please hit me, right? Right. Uh, what's most common in matrix organizations is everybody doling out some information, carefully keeping hold of things that might be damaging even though that information, while damaging to you, is even more damaging if someone else doesn't know it, right? And everyone's constantly trying to find out what everybody else is hiding. It's totally corrosive. It's unprofessional, frankly. And, you know, people read the prints and, and say, oh, I, I need to do this Machiavellian style. Wrong. Machiavelli wasn't a professional, and you're not a prince, particularly in a matrix organization, which attempts to attenuate princely power. Right. Unless you're my daughter and you're a princess. Yeah. Okay, right. But, princess. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So, so, okay. So, we recommend? Yeah. Um, our recommendation is simple. Frequent, full disclosure. Where we've seen it done best is a regular email. Yeah, I know. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that the only way to communicate is email, but we've seen it done well with email with a detailed attachment and key stuff from the attachment in the body of the mail. So those of us who won't read your attachment anyway won't say, I didn't get it or I didn't see it. You won't embarrass us. Um, key stuff in the body, showing your progress, good and bad. In other words, showing your progress and lack of progress over the previous reporting period. And that usually that's a week. I know everybody gets a lot of status reports, uh, and, and yet we think in a major organization they're necessary. And if you can include an attachment but be brief, um, reduce the chance that there's a scroll bar on the right-hand side of that email, so much the better. Um, for certain key recipients, uh, which hopefully you already know who they are based on your analysis above, um, you will highlight something that is particular of particular interest to them. That does not mean, and this happens to me all the time, I'm stunned by this. People send me emails and they say, please look at page five of your damn attachment. <laughs> <laughs> it means, if you want to highlight something for somebody you're matrixed to, it means putting a bullet right under their names, that, that, which starts the email, telling them what they want to know or what you think they might want to know. And, and... To be even more specific, we're not suggesting that you broadcast, blast an email out with everybody getting the same thing. We're suggesting value-added communication here, not headlines. And then further, for the most special folks, unique messages get a face-to-face -face touch base or a voicemail um, wow. Wow. for a follow-up. Uh, yeah, I, I can feel people beginning to think this is a communication nightmare. Yeah, it is. And don't blame us. We didn't invent the matrix. I mean, it's a monster. We're just telling you how to excel at managing in one. You may not like this stuff, but don't get mad at us. We know this stuff works. We've seen the people who are good at matrix. These are the things that they do. And they do it because the structure exists. And it may be a stupid structure, but horseman's law. Embrace reality, man. Um, when power is attenuated, folks... Chaos often fills the void. And where there is chaos, someone is benefiting. It could be uh, you. Could be you. Okay. <laughs> Next up in our recommendations is meeting and presentations take on enormous significance. 
Yeah, they they totally do. And I know you've seen this in a software development organization. If it, um, if you think, folks, that we recommend too much communication, just remember that we're not the ones scheduling all the darn meetings in a matrix. Matrix organizations are meeting hell all the time. Meetings, no results, no measures, no progress. Slow, slow, slow. Didn't get this report, can't move forward, didn't hear from him. Ugh, it is awful. It's almost as if the U.S. and China had to negotiate something before the existence of telephones and telegraphs and decided that they would. the way they would do it is they would each take a boat to Hawaii in the middle of the Pacific every time they wanted to get something discussed or decided <laughs> upon or done. It'd be like, chug, 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 go the boats, blah, 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 go the meetings, red, 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 go the status reports. It's just, that's a matrix. But... Meetings are how matrix organizations move forward. So even though we might load them, we're smart enough to figure out how to be effective in them, right? Exactly. That's why, yep, that's why this cast exists. And that means when it comes to meetings, go, okay? Look, if you want the organization to change for the better, which is to say produce better results, you need to be the change you want to see in the organization. Go to meetings. Be on time. Hell, be early and introduce yourself to others who are on your list of key relationships. I hate these people who show up late and then they tell me privately. They tell the external consultant, well, God, I don't want to be on time or early. People will think I don't have anything else to do. Oh, yeah, right. The people who aren't, don't have a clue will think that. The people at the top of your organization, if they're halfway smart, will think, here's somebody who knows how to manage your time. The first rule of being an executive, thank you very much. Okay. Um, I got okay, if you can't introduce yourself to somebody who's important to you, sit by them anyway so you have a chance to maybe eke out a few words of interest to them. And when you have to present, folks, darn it, do it well. Rehearse in advance. Use everybody's names. Be brief. State your bottom line up front. Know your AV needs. Know your issues related to AV, audiovisual. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Again, sounds like a lot of work. Uh, I'm telling you, we did not invent this jungle. We're just recommending the ways we've seen and we've done ourselves that you're able to hack through the darn thing. Meetings are big in matrix organizations. Pay attention. They are the islands that all of the big stuff happen on. And people get, um, people get lulled into a sense of boring meeting, boring meeting, boring meeting. And then suddenly all of these executives are at one of the meetings and a bunch of stuff happens and you're not ready. And you're the one watching stuff happen rather than influencing what is happening because you don't have the relationships in a matrix. You don't have a lot of power and your expertise is attenuated as well. Yeah. And if you're going to attend meetings, pre-wire them. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The, the people who have heard the pre-wire cast knew the moment we start talking about matrix organizations, that this is a given for a structure that totally relies on communication. Um, please do. Go listen to the pre-wire cast. Um, but here, for now, briefly, what we mean is take your briefing to everyone who's coming to your meeting. And if you haven't heard, by the way, if you haven't heard the cast, this will shock you, but we do mean what we're saying here. Take your briefing to everyone who's coming to your meeting and brief them individually in advance. Get their input, modify your briefing to include their ideas when possible, listen to that cast and apply it, and you will start looking like a star in your matrix. Yeah. 
Now, I think it makes sense to combine our last two recommendations. They just go together. Heads up calls are powerful relationship builders and then no dropping of dimes. Yeah, you're, you're totally, I, when, I, when I put this all together, I realized that they're you know, two sides of the same coin. Um, yep. no, I guess no pun intended. Um, what we mean by heads up calls is that whenever you know anything of value to any of your managed relationships, you share it with them. No need for a status report. No need to wait a week. No need for formality. If you see something happening or you know a piece of data that it wouldn't be unethical to share with someone, share it. That's what communication is, the sharing of information. I had an old boss who, uh, who called these things, thought you'd want to know calls. Often, and really, it, it's not what you learn from someone else, but it's these thought you'd want to know or heads up calls that are about what you're going to do or what you're doing. Um, it is just that it's happening off the reporting cycle. So they're critical, but they're not something that you'd wait to report on, and it helps people make decisions. It helps the organization be more efficient. Yeah. Don't, don't wait until the reporting cycle. Just call them. Right. Stop by, send an IM saying you want to chat for two minutes. I'm just saying here, be proactive with those whom you're managing your relationships in the matrix. Yep. And for those of you who don't know, dropping a dime is it? I think it's an American phrase. Um, it means to tell on someone, to tattle, to make them look bad by sharing information harmful to them uh, in front of other people. Um, it actually refers back to when informants would make a pay phone call to someone, whether the, whether it was to a good guy like the police or bad guys like the mob or something, and essentially share harmful information. Um, of course, this is when there were pay phones. <laughs> right. and, and, and frankly, when there were dimes for that matter. Or when right? dimes actually meant something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Um, dropping the dime in the slot, making the call, and then you rat somebody out. Um, what we mean in this situation is never share sensitive or harmful information with anyone other than the person to whom it is harmful without first notifying them and giving them a reasonable opportunity to ameliorate the problem. Right. Well, certainly there are times when you have to behave ethically in the face of wrongdoing. Oh, well, sure. But, but we're not talking about those times. We're talking about missed deadlines and proper reporting that is perhaps unintentional, resource shortfalls, budget issues, miscommunications right. that might go right. unaddressed, just normal organizational errors. Yeah, exactly. Don't drop a dime there. Give them a heads up instead. And see if what you felt you had to report could be changed before it has to be reported. Wow. Well, we're almost home here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So finally, why are matrix organizations in many of our futures, if they're so bad, if we feel they're so bad, how, how come there's going to be more of them? Well, because we're not in charge. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and, and frankly, we don't want to be in charge, although I'm from Texas and we have that saying that we don't want everything. We just want what's ours and what's next to ours. Um, but yeah, look, there are a lot of forces at work swinging the pendulum toward matrix orgs. Um, even when many, many big companies, I think a couple of years ago, HP said, Hewlett Packard said no more. Um, and I actually think that the engineers had thought of it years ago. Um, even when big companies have essentially already learned that matrix organizations are devilishly hard to make work. Let me just mention a few. We're certainly not political scientists here, but we have some things. We've seen some things that I think um, make it so that you're probably going to see a more matrix organization in the future. Uh, the first one is globalization. 
communicating across time zones because there are more and more industrialized nations and more and more people learning, more and more engineers and more and more specialists and more and more experts, more and more people joining the workforce, the intellectual workforce, what we call knowledge workers, communicating across the time zones that we have to because people are everywhere, makes leaders in organizations think that we can keep all of our engineers, say, in China and India, where we recruited them, and just matrix them out. I mean, it, it's wrong in terms of comparing two different things. I'm not saying it won't work. It's just less effective than a different structure. Um, but a lot of folks think that, and so that will drive some matrix organization structures. Um, the Internet is another one. Um, you know, it occurs, I'm, I'm beginning to sound like Tom Friedman talking about globalization, the Internet, and so on. Yeah, and that wouldn't uh, be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 If I could be one-tenth as smart as Tom Friedman, that would be fine. Thank you very much. Um, the internet should make communication better, right? Um, so that the barrier to the success of most matrix organizations, which is the lack of communication, that should fall, right? So people say, well, the internet will help us communicate so we can put a matrix in place and people will be able to communicate. Um, and the answer, of course, is wrong. <laughs> the internet does not make communication better. It just increases speed and volume, which are, of course, often antithetical to meaning, which is the reason for communicating to begin with. Um, frankly, another one, terrorism, global unrest. Many people today see large corporations and governments as a big part of the problem in terms of the issues that they face. Uh, they see those organizations, those big organizations that they, that they target mentally and emotionally as structured vertically, which is not the organization's fault. It's they're being smart and saying, we know this works. Um, they see them structured vertically, hierarchically, in other words, not in a matrix. Um, and then they think of their community of friends and family, their neighborhood as a matrix. And it, by the way, it's not. Um, or they think of their social network as a matrix. Um, and it is a matrix. It's not a matrix organization, but it is a matrix. And they assume that the concept that they're comfortable with, that they grew up with, that they're, that they rub shoulders with all the time uh, a matrix will work in a big organization. And so they attempt to impose it on a big organization. Um, and if it's their company, lucky them, they get to. <laughs> um, or, or if it's not their company, they'll seek out an organization that has that sort of structure, all of the things being equal. And then finally, demographics. Um, the retirement of baby boomers in the U.S. And, and, and other places, there are other things equivalent to the baby boom. Um, there, basically, the retirement will lead to a power gap. Despite its inaccuracy, younger members of the organization will see the verticality of their corporate homes, if you will, as a result of the baby boomer structural choice, and they'll want to change it in the interest of democratization, right? Democracy is good. Um, well, that's a noble idea, but it's flawed because dem democratic organizations that are designed to produce products and services don't tend to do that well. And those are just some of the reasons. Yes. Yeah. Right? And, and you know what this list proves? It proves that Drucker was right, as he always is, that corporations exist within a societal framework. They are not separate from society. They are part of society. And societal forces and trends are going to affect organizations. And by the same token, organizations are going to affect society. 
so on. There would be no iPhone today were it not for a vertically structured organization. The specialization of labor that organizations that corporations allow to occur increases the output of the sum total of all the people. There is a synergy there. And matrix organizations can do that as well. It's just much, much, much harder. We don't necessarily like it, but um, we haven't found anything that works better. Right. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so pretty much a long cast, right? I think it's one of our longest. Um, but hopefully we've made clear how all, these, all this stuff fits together, um, not just the actionable items, but also the background. So let's, let me do a brief overview. Hopefully we shared what matrix organizations are trying to do, which is attenuate power, centralize control of some of the HR, because things are harder and we don't want to put everything on the shoulders of one man or one woman. Um, we happen to not like matrix organizations because they don't work <laughs> um, because human beings don't like attenuated authority, whether we want to believe it's noble or not, our brains don't like it. And then we talked about recommendations, which are, it's all about relationships. You've got to work on them. You've got to develop them. We recommend you use our tool, which at some point will come out. Um, we recommend you use one-on-ones uh, and, or their equivalent um, to create relationships, maintain um, a good reporting and uh, professional communication between two people. Um, we recommend you over-report to key relationships, um, phone calls and IMs and so on in order to keep people up to speed. Um, we, we touched on meetings and presentations as being hugely important in matrices, matrix organizations. Um, that means you've got to pre-wire everything and related to relationships, you've got to give people heads up calls when things are coming good or bad and please no dropping dimes. Don't, don't, don't hammer people in meetings, make sure they know in advance. Otherwise you'll be doing nothing but destroying the very relationships you'll, you'll, you'll require later to get things done because matrix, matrix organizations are all about relationship power. And lastly, we touched on some of the factors why we think matrix organizations are going to continue to increase even as they become harder and harder to work in. Great. And, so, and, and since we mentioned at least half a dozen other podcasts, if uh, we have new listeners who haven't listened to this, they, they have a lot of homework to, to follow up. So if, <laughs> yes. you, if you combine it all of all the other podcasts necessary to put all this together, there's probably, you know, at least 10 hours worth of stuff yes. there. So good. All right. Thanks, my friend. As always, my enjoy. pleasure. All right. We'll see you. And there you go. Matrix organizations. If you're in a matrix organization, execute on these simple behaviors and enjoy the increase in your effectiveness. Let us know about your experiences in the discussion forums. We'd love to hear them. www.managertools.com forward slash forums. We'll see you there. So until next week, so long, folks.